Y'all don't look like a, a group of people that has gotten your extra hour of sleep, I must say. Um, if you would, just turn to the person next to you and give them a high five and say good morning. All right. Unless you're the parent of a toddler, which in case you probably got less sleep last night than you normally would, and you can give them some coffee afterwards. Um, this morning we're going to be looking at uh, Psalm 119, and we are not going to be reading the entire psalm this morning, fortunately, although I did think about it because, um, you know, I've, I've got to start by saying that as I was looking at this lesson and, and, and thinking about preaching this morning, you know, I'm not really qualified to preach this passage, and, um, which could be really quick and easy because we could all just leave right now. And then my second thought was, well, I guess we could all just read Psalm 119 together. There's only 176 verses, and it would take us about 20 minutes to do it, so that would be pretty good as well. All that to say that even though I feel unqualified to, to preach this, and even though I bet a lot of you have read a lot more of Scripture than I have, and a lot of you have probably studied Psalms a lot more than I have, um, all that to say, as when I, when I speak, this message is probably more for me than it is for you. Um, so if you get something out of it, that's great, but really this is, this is all about me, right? Um, so if you would, uh, could you open up to Psalm 119, and uh, would you stand with me as we read verses 97, and we're going to read 97 through 104. Let me pray for us before we read. Uh, Father God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you, Lord, for your word for the truth that it holds for us. And we ask you to open our eyes to what you have to say to us today. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Psalm 97. Psalm 119, verse 97 to 104. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. I do not turn aside from your rules, for you have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. This is the word of God. Let's, you may be seated. So one of the reasons I decided not to go ahead and read the whole Psalm 119, aside from um, laziness and uh, making everybody upset, is that d- really this psalm is, is so rich and, and, and deep. And it's, it's like, um, well, we had this bake sale this week on Thursday. The Grace Club bake sale was in the Cooper house. And if, if you didn't get anything, uh, you missed out. Uh, Randy bought this big chocolate cake, chocolate with cream, chocolate cream cheese icing. And he gave me um, like a quarter of the cake because he said he did not want to eat it all himself. So I took it home and I shared it with my family. And it was a big deal in our house because it, this cake was so rich and it was so chocolatey that I actually had to have a glass of milk with it. And that was like a, a marquee moment in our life because Kaylin was like, Daddy, the last time you had milk was when we had Christmas cookies. And I said, that's right. You know, we go through five gallons of milk a week between the three girls, and yet I don't have anything except for maybe once every six to eight months. So that tells you a little bit about the richness of this cake. Well, anyway, Psalm 119 is rich like that chocolate cake. If you try to eat it all at one time, um, you're you're not going to really appreciate the taste that it has. You're not going to appreciate the goodness 
of it. Now, not to say that you shouldn't read this, because I think you should, and, and hopefully you can go home and, and, and read a little bit of this um, every day, but, but again, this psalm is so rich and so deep, and it has so much for us. There's actually a, a, a man, Matthew Henry, that said to, to take a verse of this, Psalm 119, take a verse of it each morning to meditate upon. Okay, and so if you do that, you'll go read through the whole psalm two times a year. And he says that if you do that, that will bring you to be in love with all the rest of Scripture. So that's how deep and rich and important this, this chapter of the Bible is. Um, not only is it the longest one, and if you just say, you know, the longest uh, ch- book of the bo- chapter of the Bible, you'll know Psalm 119. But it's so deep and so rich that just by looking one verse each day, you can develop a fullness, a, a love for the rest of the Word of God. So if you would look again at Psalm 119, 97, 98. I'm going to read just these first two verses again for us. You can follow along in your Bible, see if it matches up with mine. Oh, how I love my interpretation of your law. I am vaguely familiar with its general concepts. Your commandment makes people look foolish and uneducated in this postmodern society, for it is ever near me, but rarely read. Does that sound like what yours says? Um, I was, as I was looking at this this week, and I'm, I'm going, you know, if I'm going to be really honest about how I view the Bible, okay, if I'm going to be honest about how I think that modern American Christians look at the Bible, this is probably the psalm that I would write if I was the psalmist. I'm not sure about you. Maybe, maybe you're a little bit different. You know, I love my interpretation of your law. Because there's parts, quite frankly, in the law of God that I, I really don't like. Um, there's things that I would like to tweak or do away with. Um, there's things that if I, if I interpret it correctly, it will say something that I don't want to hear, so I can always twist and make Scripture say something different. You know, I'm vaguely familiar with the general concepts. You know, I don't think I know enough of Scripture as I should, and so I can kind of understand maybe the, the whole point without really knowing any of the specific details. Your commandment makes people look foolish and uneducated in the postmodern society. You know, that doesn't take a whole lot of explanation. The, the law of God is not very popular. Okay, this is not something that if you follow it, um, that you will be lauded and given uh, a lot of appreciation and praise for if you take God's word seriously. For it is ever near me, but rarely read. You know, I, heard, I heard about a pastor, um, one of these big megachurch pastors, and, and uh, he was ta- talking about dealing with temptation. He said the way that his family dealt with temptation was they had a Bible in every room of their house. And, and he has a nice house for himself, and so I guess that's a lot of Bibles. But I was thinking, you know, a way to deal with temptation just by having the Bible in every room of your house. You know, I take, I take some online classes, um, you know, working on my way towards a master's degree. And this kind of reminded me of what I do just about every day. Every morning I take some books, and I put them in my backpack, and I throw it on my back, I put it in my car, I bring it to my office, I take them out, I put them on my desk. If I have time, I'll look at them. 99% of the time, I don't look at them. I put the books back in my backpack. I take them home. I put them back on the table. And I will go through literally weeks. I'm, I'm not exaggerating. Literally will go through weeks carrying books back and forth and back and forth without even opening them at all. Okay? And, and I feel like strongly 
that having a Bible in every room of your house is a lot like that. You know, it's, you're not going to get anything out of it if you don't open it and look at it. I'm not doing very well in school. Have I told you that? Um, <laughs> it, I'm, I'm working very, very slowly. So if I don't open my books, I'm not going to attain any of the knowledge that I have in there. But if we look at what the psalm really says, of course, this is the exact opposite of everything that I said. You know, that's my version of this passage. But really, we look at this. Whose law is this? He says, oh, how I love your law. You know, this is God's law, the king's law. God does not operate a democracy. Okay, God does not honestly care what we think about things. Because his word is law. His truth is truth. Whether or not we like it, we don't really get a vote or a say in what he has for us. You know, the, there's, there's not really anything I can do about passages that I don't like, except I can either ignore them or I can try to interpret them away to something else. And this actually kind of sounds kind of strange at the beginning where he says, oh, how I love your law. And I was, I was thinking of this, and, and, and one commentator was talking about saying, basically saying this, you know, as you're walking into a dentist's office and, and you hear that whirring in the background, oh, how I love that drill. You know, if you've ever had the drill on your teeth, then you know immediately you have that sensation that comes to your brain when you hear that noise. Uh, for me, well, um, not even two weeks ago, I did some stupid things upstairs in the hallway of the church. I ran into a door, hit right here on my mouth on a door, and it was blood everywhere, and I had to go to the hospital and get stitches. I don't do very well with blood, and I don't, and unfortunately, I was taking a lot of pictures of my lip trying to show people how bad it looked and sending them, and so I can't even see what's on my face, but I had been sending, texting pictures to my wife and my parents and putting on Facebook, all the important things, and by the time they got to bring in, the, the, the doctor came with the needle and the stitches to put in, I was nearly passing out. Okay, and so I wasn't exclaiming, oh, how I love this needle and stitches, because I was nearly fainting just from the sight of looking at the cut, and and just from the thought of them uh, stitching up my mouth, and I'm a pretty quick healer, if you can't tell, Um, it's been less than two weeks, so I might be an X-Man, but (laughs) that's the kind of strange thing here, is that this passage, he's saying, I love the law, it's not something that we think about loving, But he's not just talking about the law of God. He's not just speaking only of the Ten Commandments, but he's really talking about the entirety of the Scriptures. So we look at the promises and the blessings, and we look at the curses and the warnings and the judgment and the history and everything. Oh, how I love the Word of God. Oh, how I love your law. So we're going to look at this uh, a little bit this morning. The love of the law. Well, first of all, when he says, I love your law, it is my meditation all the day. Now, meditation here, this is both an effect and a cause. All right, an effect and a cause, meaning this, that the more I love it, the more I want to spend time in it. And the more I spend time in it, the more I'll come to love the law. Okay, uh, like we said before, if you take a verse of this each morning and you, and you meditate upon it, that you can learn to love the entirety of Scripture, the rest of the Scriptures. And he says this, all grace grows as love to the Word of God grows. You know, some people, the more you get to know them, the less you admire them. And you don't have to raise your hand if you um, know somebody in this room that you've 
admired less the more he got to know them. Um, but the opposite is true with the law of God. You know, actually familiarity with the law breeds affection. You know, sometimes familiarity breeds contempt. The more you get to know someone, the more that you don't like them. The, the opposite is true with the law of God. The more you get to know the scripture and the word of God, the more we come to love the word of God. It doesn't, familiar, familiarity with scripture does not breed contempt unless you come to it with an extremely critical spirit. And there are those who have read it and they pour over it, even with a critical spirit. And yet the Lord uses the Holy Spirit to completely change their lives just because they've exposed themselves to the truth of the word. You know, so I don't even have to love it or even necessarily like it or agree with it, but the more I read it, the, the deeper my affection will grow towards God. Here's a couple of things that are possible to do without loving the law, okay, without loving the word of God. These things are possible. You can know the law, okay? You can know the word without loving the word. You can hear the word without loving the word. You can read the word without loving the word. You can say the word without loving the word. You can preach the word without loving the word. And you can even do the word of God without loving the word. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is a, is a passage that's most commonly used. Uh, you've probably heard it at weddings. Probably every single wedding you've ever been to. If they've read any scripture at all, they've read out of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. The first three verses of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 are this. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I have and I I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. There's a French Swiss Swiss reformer, um, Wolfgang Musculus, which said this. He said, Who without love attempts anything in the law of God does it coldly and quickly gives it up. For the mind cannot itself earnestly and perseveringly do things which are not loved. Okay, so I can read the word, I can know the word, I can, I can preach the word, and I can do all of this. It's possible to do this all without loving the word. But if I do that, if I do this without love, I'll do it coldly and I'll give it up quickly. Okay? Now, the, the reverse is, is also true. It is impossible to love the word without doing those things. I can't say I love the word without knowing the word. I can't say that I love the word without reading the word. I can't say that I love the word without putting the word into practice. Just like with a relationship. You know, I could bring home flowers and chocolate and gift cards to uh, P.F. Chang's to my wife every single day of the week. And if I do it out of a sense of duty instead of out of my loving affection towards her, it's possible. You know, I can do a lot of nice things for people without really feeling love about it. But if I do that, I'll quickly give up and I'll quickly become frustrated if I do that without love in my heart. So here's a few reasons to love the law. The first one, if we, we're going to look at um, these verse 97, 98, and following. 
The first reason to love the law is that it is the true source of wisdom. In 98, he says, Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. You know, wisdom is actually knowledge put to practical use. You know, it comes through obedience. God's word is wise. You know, there's, no, there's no need to fear speaking the truth. I cannot change what it says because I want to. Uh, wisdom, the source of true wisdom, comes from the law. If you, if you flip over to verse 101 and 102... It says, I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. I do not turn aside from your rules, for you have taught me. You know, the, loving the law keeps us on the right path and off the wrong one. So it keeps us on the right path and off the wrong one. And it's not as if this is just the better of several options. Um, and I know there's an election coming up in a few days. This is not like politics where we're choosing the lesser of a few evils, right? But the law of the Lord is the right path. And Jesus talks about, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's only one true way, and that would be God's way. So love of the law keeps us on the right path and off of the wrong one. The next reason to love the law is that when we study it, God himself is our teacher. Verse 102 says, I do not turn aside from your rules, for you have taught me. So when we read and love and learn the law, we actually understand that it is God that is teaching us. We don't have to rely on the words of others. We don't have to rely on some hypocrite youth minister. Okay? Uh, we don't have to learn from someone else, but when we learn of God from God, there's no better source. We get to walk with God, kind of like Adam and Eve were walking with God in the garden before uh, they fell. That, that when we learn and love the law, we get to learn God from God. The next one is that it is sweet to our spiritual tastes. And at verse 103 says, How sweet are your words to my tastes, sweeter than honey to my mouth. There's so many amazingly sweet passages of Scripture that, is, that we can know and meditate upon. You know, think of the 23rd Psalm, where the Lord is my shepherd. Think of how sweet and rich and full that passage is. Uh, we think about John 3.16, where God so loved the world that he sent his only son for us. Think about Romans chapter 8, and there's so many other passages of Scripture that are so sweet that as we know them, we come to understand the richness, and they fill this desire that we have in our lives that only God's Word can fill. The next one is that it causes us to identify and hate evil. Verse 104, it says, Through your precepts, precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. And so this section actually begins with love and it ends with hate. And, and we understand that we don't understand and appreciate the good. We don't under, understand and appreciate what's good without understanding and abhorring what's evil. You know, what's good, good can't be good unless there's also evil. Um, the final reason to, to love the law is, is simply out of our love for Christ. In the book of Matthew, Jesus says, Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. You know, that our love for Christ is to supersede everything that we do. 
And then in John 14, Jesus says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So therefore, if I love Christ, I'm going to keep his commands, and I cannot keep his commands unless I know what they are. Jesus says these words to Peter in John 21. He says, do you love me more than these? You know, if I love Christ, then I must know and keep and love his law. But I cannot do it without meditating upon it. So if you meditate on the word of God, this is the, the end of verse 97. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. If you meditate on the word of God, then it will always be with you. You know, it is my meditation. It's the thing that I dwell on and think about. Meditation is is reading, it's praying, it's memorizing. It's living the word. It's, it's, under, it's going through life and having things that happen in your day spark up and recall these, these passages of Scripture that you've committed to memory. Matthew Henry says, A good man, wherever he goes, carries his Bible along with him, if not in his hands, yet in his head and in his heart. And Charles Spurgeon said, As a soldier in battle must never lay aside his shield, so we must never have the word of God out of our minds. It must be ever with us. If we commit the Word of God, if we commit to meditate on the Word of God, then it will always be with us. It will be something that can never be taken away from us. And no matter what happens, uh, no matter where we live, or no matter what happens to our eyesight, or no matter um, what happens to us, we'll be able to recall it from our minds. No one will ever be able to take it away. So this love of God, it's a cause and an effect. If I love it, I'll be in it. And the more I'm in it, the more I'll love it. It is God's gift to us. You know, may we receive it with the hunger that it deserves. I'll leave us with these words from Jesus. Do you love me more than these? If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And Lord, I confess that at times I, I feel detached from a love of, of your law. Lord, that I'm, I'm ignorant or apathetic towards the truth that your word contains for my life. Lord, I pray that you would give each one in this room an insatiable desire to know and to read and to love your word. Lord, because we know that the more we know it, the more we'll love you. God, and the more we love you, the more we'll know it. Lord, that you continue to work in our lives. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen.